You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. You know, I used to do these sermons with point one, point two, point three, point four different points, right? But my pastor back in the Bay Area told me one time, do you know what, the way you preach is not giving the points, because otherwise the points may be your points, but someone else out there may be picking up something different. And I said, I didn't see that point, that point really resonated to me. So instead of that giving points, I'm just going to just preach, and whatever the Holy Spirit reveals to you, Oh, that's a good point. Well, that's a really good point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then that's on you to take notes or however you want, or mental memory, whatever you want to call it. But does that make sense? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, so that's, that's the style of preaching I'm, I'm, I'm trying out. Let me know your guys' thoughts. We're talking about being all in. Say all in. All, all in. in. All in. You see, it's funny because there's a story of, of a child. And the child says, he's, the dad puts this kid at the bed, and the kid goes to the bed. Dad goes down the stairs. And then as he went down the stairs, the dad hears, plop. And then the, the kid goes, ow! Dad goes back to the stairs to see the toddler on the floor. And says, what happened? Dad, I fell off the bed. Have you guys ever had that before happen to you or to your family or whatever? Right? And then dad gets the kid again, puts the kid back in the bed. And says, all right, well, here you go. I know this is new for you, but just go ahead and just try your best. To... Okay. And then dad goes out, closes the door, because it's midnight. So then the dad goes down the stairs and then plop. The kid goes, ow, dad. Dad runs back up there, dude, what the hell's going on? So I fell down again. He, he put it back again and says, here, just stay in bed. Try your best not to move around too much. And just stick with care and just sleep. Go to close your eyes, go to bed. Put it in. Dad goes down, plop. And the kid's like, I'm sleeping on the floor. I'm done. And then dad says, why? I keep on falling. He was like, okay, well, well son, here's the thing. You're too much on the edge. If you go deeper in, you'll stop falling. And so that's the same thing with everything in life. When it comes to our business, if you're just on the edge, you're just like dilly-dally and just trying it out, or maybe in a relationship, you're just on the edge, you're just trying it out, you're not sure. Or if it's easy for us to be on the edge and for us to fall off eventually. But if we go all in and dive all in and say, let me get away from the edge and go all in, it's harder for you to fall. And the same way for our faith and our, our relationship with Jesus. Because if we go all in, then there is no, we're not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's when we say we're all in, I'm getting deeper into this, then you, less and less you fall. Now, what does it look like to fall from our faith? What does it look like to fall in our faith? Well, did you know San Diego is 10% of San Diegans are suicidal? So if we were to count it here, don't, don't, don't do it, okay, don't it. One, two, three, you're suicidal. One, two, three, you're suicidal. Okay, none of that. Okay? But at some point in our lives, at one point, whether recently or maybe in the past, we've all contemplated the idea of suicide. We've all contemplated, I, I can say right now, I have. And, you know, here's the thing. It's, I'm not saying it's common, like, you know, it's normal, it's cool. But here's the reason why 10% of San Diegans are suicidal. It's because of lack of faith. 
Did you know that all, I used to go to, I used to be in jail, I used to go to jail, because that's a thing to go to, right? <laughs> you know, but I used to be, I was in jail before, and I was locked up, I was locked up, I was locked up with all the, the hardcore criminals. I would ask the questions to people who, who were thieves, who stole, to people who literally raped, people who killed. You know, I, the Holy Spirit revealed to me in my mind, my heart, said these are people, the, the root of sin, the root of, of murder, the root of, of theft, the root of all evil is lack of faith. And I, I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you mean by lack of faith? And here's what it is. A person who steals is because they have a lack of faith that God will provide for them. So they must steal. A person who's, you know, a cheater has a lack of faith that they have a skill set themselves to be able to accomplish what needs to be done. A person who, who kills has a lack of faith that, whatever the reason is, you know, so whether it's like, I don't like that person, or, you know, there's no hate anger. Whether it's hate anger, there is no faith. Because faith is positive, hate anger is negative. So, I, you know, I'm a motivational speaker and all that stuff. We're talking. Motivate, motivate, but motivation is faith. When you're a business owner, you're saying, I believe my business will succeed. That's called faith. And so, in this idea of this journey of us here called faith, I would like for our church to dig deeper into being all in. You know, I, we hired a church consultant, uh, and we're still working with him, but one of the things he asked me was, Stephen, what's your ultimate goal with this church? And I was like, you know, we came from a church, a Jubilee, 14,000 member church, you know, uh, in, in San Jose. I was like, I don't know if I want to handle all that, that's too much work. But, you know, I just, I just want to love people. And, well, why do you want to have church in the first place? Well, well, when I went to jail, like, prior to that, I was such a, uh, just to be very, very honest and raw with you guys, a very hustler and bustler and, like, business, business, business. And then, like, crazy. And then later on, I find myself coaching and mentoring people in jail who can't pay me instead of I'm paying them. And I'm like, my whole perspective changed. When I saw this guy who all his life has been going in and out of jail and all he knows is to sell drugs and women. And I tell him like, hey, you are a hustler. You know how to sell? What do you do for a hobby? I love to clean cars. Watch start a detailing business. And he started a detailing business. From inside the jail, his girlfriend helped him set everything with the business name with the county clerk and all that stuff. And so long story short, he was I'm getting out on Saturday. I already have two clients. Mm. I'm like, how much are you charging? So I told him what you told me. I charge $100 for you, 70 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he got two clients. I came up with him today, to this day, and he says, Steve, I've never had to sell drugs because I'm so busy through my passion, cleaning mm. cars. Mm. So he cleans cars and he loves it. I give me goosebumps. And so for me, I'm like, that right there is a life changed. And so for me, that's the reason why I say, you know what, that's why. I want to go back into the church world is to really impact people. And so, don't get me wrong, like I'm coaching some, some guy there over in Miami who's a multi-billionaire. I'm charging his butt some money to coach him, okay? You know, so keep in mind though, but the idea behind this, our vision is really the three Ps. The three Ps you've started to say over and over again, but I'm really hammering it this time, which is our mission is to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live at your cognitive potential. And so we get to those three things, and so should the, the, the consultant asked me, well, how are you doing that right now? I was like, well, we're setting up for church, we're doing church, we have our, you know, I told everything we're doing. 
And so, he says, I want you to pray about this, but what is it really you're trying to do with church? That's the reason why I say, you know what, let's downsize everything. We're spending like, pretty much our entire, uh, half, at least half, well, well, entire Sunday, setting up and tearing down and doing church, but we're not actually being the church, which is fellowshipping, being the other. So that's the reason why we say, you know, let's just keep everything so much simpler, so much minimal, and whatever else. And, just, and so with that being said, my mission this year is the less production and more worshiping Jesus, more of what does it mean to really love Jesus? Does that make sense? So with that being said, tonight I want to talk about us being all in. John 5, 1 to 13. It's a little bit long, but I'll read it here. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near a sheep cake pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five uh, covered colonies. Here, a great number of disabled people lie there, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been endowed for 38 years. 38 years, that's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in that condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Verse 7, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which the place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. <laughs> But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who had been healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. And so tonight, the story here is a very fascinating story about this pool and all these crippled, invalid, and you know, sick people. If you were sick back in those days, you had to be sick. Uh, set apart away from everyone else. You couldn't be part of the regular village or the regular crowd because they were scared you would attract. They had to separate themselves from everyone else until they got healed. So in this, there was a pool of superstition. If the pool moves, then the first one to jump in gets healed. And so this, this, this guy just goes up to him and says, hey, what are you doing here? Do you want to get well? The guy says, yes, I want to get well, but every time the water shakes, I can't get in. So here's what I found when it comes to being all in. By the way, the sermon today is not about us being all in, but first that he's all in. That he's all in. And so in the aspect that he's all in, we're going to discover here the heart of God. You see, that's the reason why we study the Bible and read the Bible and hear sermons. Because we want to figure out who, what is this God talking to me about? What is this God about? If he is my creator, if he is my maker... My, my Lord, that i got to figure out who he is. And you know, here's the funny part. People always say to me, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to discover who am I. Who, I'm trying to find, figure myself out. This year, I'm going to figure out who myself is. I'm going to figure out who I am. Can I say that's a load of baloney? And the reason why is because who you are is always changing. But instead, my challenge and encouragement to you is this, is to figure out who God is. Because you are made in his image and likeness. John 1 talks about that you are created in God's image. So if you figure out who God is, guess what? You figure out who you are. 
Think about it. Let's take it. So here's the thing, though. This man was approached by Jesus, saying, do you want to get well? He goes, yes. And what Jesus does is Jesus heals the man and has the man healed up. But here's the funny part. Is that when Jesus approached him, the man never said, yes, Messiah, yes, Rabbi. Instead he says, sir. Sir. He approached him as sir, which means there was no connection to who he was. At the very end, we see the religious leader says, who was the one who told you to get up and go up? I don't know who it was. So here's a fascinating part. Is that can Jesus heal someone or make a miracle for someone who doesn't have that close proximity relationship with him? Can God use you even though you haven't prayed in years or ever? Can God bless you even though you may not even believe in God? Let that sink in. This man did not know Jesus. This man did not know the Messiah as Lord, as King. He did not know Him as the Son of God. He knew Him as Sir. And Jesus didn't say, Whoa, whoa, before I touch the miracle of your life, do you believe in me? See, some sermons would say, Yes, you must first believe before God does a breakthrough for you. But can I just say this right now? God can do a breakthrough either way. Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though we were sinners, which means separated from God. Remember I told you guys there's more than like one form of the word sinner or sin. This means separated from God. While we were on the opposite side, Christ died for us. While we were not even a born again person, we were not on his team, he still died for us. So even though this man did not know Jesus, Jesus still does a miracle for him. So tonight, if you're saying, well, Stephen, I want to pray, but I haven't been that, quote-unquote, good of a Christian. Stephen, I want God to bless me, but how dare me ask him if I haven't read my Bible or, or prayed in a long time? Stephen, I want to, I want to, I want to preach, but I, I mean, God, I'm not sure we're not sure, I'm not sure where we're at right now. God can use you in spite of you. I'm going to say that one more time. God can use you. This man did not know Jesus. Sir, the water, sir. Also, here's another point. He wasn't focused on Jesus. He was focused on the water. He was focused on the wrong thing to give him his breakthrough. But because of God's mercy, say mercy. 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 Say that else. Mercy. mercy. <laughs> because of God's mercy and grace, that even though this man was looking at the wrong thing, God still gave him a breakthrough. And again, the topic we're talking about tonight is not us being all in, but he's all in. He's all in. Matthew 16, 13, 15. When Jesus came to the region of uh, Caprizia, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus asked them, but who do you, the disciples, who do you say that I am? Something to point out here, this is not Matthew chapter 1, this is Matthew chapter 16. The disciples have been hanging out and being with Jesus 
for a long time at this time, at least over two years. Over two years, these guys have been the right hand and left hand of Jesus in ministry, and now Jesus is barely asking them, who do you say I am? So it shows me that there are people who are in ministry who may not even know who Jesus is. Because these disciples were hanging out with Jesus, and even Jesus was like, now I want to know, who do you say I am? You know what's funny is that in our society, we all want to say, before I let you in, you got to tell me, these make sure you meet these qualifications. Jesus? No. He doesn't say you must be qualified here, here. He doesn't even say you must believe in me first. He never gave his disciples all the call. He says, hey, you, come on, help me feed them 5,000. You, help me. He's like, do you, wait, what, should Jesus qualify these guys first? making sure they believe in him, make sure they actually trust he's the Son of God. No, he never did until this verse, who do you say I am? So before Jesus ever asked them who he was, he was already using them. He was already blessing them. Here's another one, okay? My last thing I want to point out here is this. Is that it is through God's grace that in spite of our flaws and our our inadequacies of knowing who God is. I want to understand that God is all in for you. He's all in for you. Whether you are in for Him, doesn't matter. He's all in for you. And so it's only a matter of you saying, God, this is what I want. This man, the lame man, had an encounter with Jesus without knowing who Jesus was first. And Jesus didn't answer anything for him, unless he asked him what he wanted. John 1, 5, 13, but uh, go to verse 6. John 5, verse 6. John 5, verse 6, and it says, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Do you think this is kind of like a oxymoron question? Sorry, God. But it's kind of like, Right? It's kind of like you're laying here, you're sitting here by the pool. By the pool of healing. And say, hey, man, do you want to get... It's like going up to a home and say, hey, do you want shelter? I mean, some of the guys might say no. <laughs> Honestly. But it's, it's a, one of those obvious questions. The obvious answer is yes. But here's the thing I keep pointing out all the time. Is that Jesus does not answer our prayers... Unless you first ask. He sees your pain. He sees your misery. He sees your anguish. He sees your wants, needs, and desires. But he ain't giving you nothing unless you first ask. James 4.2 Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. John 5.13 the man who had been healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus stepped away from the crowd that was there. I'm going to ask you guys this question. And in this topic, in the next, next month, few weeks, we're talking about being all in. I want us to understand that God is all in. Whether you like it or not, whether you're all in or not, God is all in. 
Whether you say, well, I've, I've kind of been away from God, it doesn't matter. He's never gone away. You have. But you know what's funny? Is the Bible says that He chases us. He chases us. The story of the powerful son. The powerful son is, the powerful son just shows up and the father runs to the son. The father runs to the son. The father's not saying there, yeah, you better come walk into me over here. You need this blessing. You need this miracle. No. He's like, there he is. Let me go run and give him that blessing. Let me go run and give him this miracle. Let me go run, give him the biggest party, fatted calf, the coat, everything. That in spite of our flaws, God is running to us. I say this all the time in Genesis. When Adam fell for the first sin, he was looking at the garden, not to smite him. Say, Adam, where are you? I'm yearning for you. So you know, even as you run, the Bible says that no death, no mountain, no valley can keep us away from the love of God. So when you hear that song, ain't no mountain high, ain't no mountain, that's biblical, okay? That's not about God's love for you, okay? Just keep that in mind. No matter how far you run, you run, God's right here, you're right here. One moment you're cool, hey, but then on your run, he's, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna follow, I'm gonna follow. It's not like creeping like a stalker, okay? But he says, I'm here, I'm here. And so tonight, in this moment of, of being all in, I want to understand before we talk about us being all in next week, that he's all in for you. Whether you want him to or you don't. He's all in. Well, how can it be all in? You are his creation. You are his child. It doesn't matter how far you go, but he's all in. Amen? So, Father God, tonight we thank you, Lord, that you are all in. That you care for us and love us so much. And God, we may even focus on things that are not even biblical. There's crazy things. And not have our eyes on you, but focus on the things that you are still asking us, what is it you want? You're still willing to bless us in spite of us not focusing on you. In spite of us not giving ourselves fully to you. So we thank you for that grace. Thank you for that mercy that you've given to us so freely. Now Lord, tonight I pray right now, Father, for those who are struggling with situations, God, and, and, and trials and tribulations. Lord, we pray right now for Jed's uncle of the Philippines as he's recovering in the situation with his health. Continue to bring recovery there, Lord. God, we pray for Hilda as she's dealing with COVID and her family. As well as, Lord, we pray for Eugene and his parents, his mom, his dad. God, we're dealing with a lot of different elements in the hospital and um, different surgeries. God, we pray right now, Lord, bless them and heal them. Bring peace upon that family. And especially to Eugene. May you increase his faith and to pray like never before on behalf of his parents. God, for every person here tonight who may have been like a child who one moment's up into the bed and then all falls. Up into the bed and falls. Up into the bed and falls. But God, I pray that we would dig deeper into faith. 
that we will sustain ourselves. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. You bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.